Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What really bites my finger, Charlie, is that you don't seem to have a grasp on reality. The glue has gone to your head. Welcome to The Curse of the Lake House, a narrative podcast of the one-act play by me, Michael Grover, with original music by Leandro Rivera. Scene 2, The Start of the Curse, starring Lauren Smirkinich as Alma Abbott and Michael Merton as Charlie Abbott. The Land by the Lake, 1904. Charlie Abbott has just purchased a piece of the land by the lake from his uncle and has brought his wife Alma to see it for the first time. Alma is not impressed. The stage is littered with tree stumps. And then and then down there, right by the water, I'm going to build a cabin. Oh, Charlie. What's a haberdasher from Haverhill doing with all these big dreams? You don't know the first thing about building a cabin. Piffle, my love, the, the old uh, paint shed behind the house, the one you've been after me to get rid of, I'm going to move it up here and put it right there. That, that'll be the center of the cabin, and, and we'll build around it. Have you gotten into the glue again, Charlie? You're sounding like a mad hatter. These are not plans for people like us in this place. Oh, this place is so barren. What happened to all the trees? That was part of the deal. My uncle gave me a good price if I let him sell the trees to the lumber mill. He had the place lumbered. The trees that you could have used to build the cabin? Let's send a telegram to O. Henry. I think we've got a new story for him. However, will you move that paint shed? It must be more than 10 miles away. 10 miles, more or less. I've got my father's old carriage. 10 miles? That'll take a day at least. I don't get it. It's, it's so barren. What kind of place is this? It's the future, my love. Trees grow. It's not what it is, it's what it will be. A lake house. A place where our grandchildren's grandchildren will bring their grandchildren. That's what we're building. Alma is nonplussed. Is this your Uncle Desmond? Yes, my, my father's older brother. He, he inherited nearly this entire side of the lake from my grandfather. It's been in the family since I, I don't know when, forever. Uh, Uncle Desmond's splitting it up into lots and, and is selling it off. And this is the lot he's got for you. Isn't it beautiful? And, and, and at least it'll stay in the Abbott family, right? Well, well I'm moving the paint shed. You, you ought to be happy about that. Have you built an outhouse yet? There's something about this place that makes me want to pee. It's just up the hill there. That's where the outhouse will, will be. I'm going to have to blast through the granite to get the right depth. You're going to blast? After what happened to your father? It was not proven to be his blast that killed those men. And him. He was one of those men. Yes, I'm, I'm just saying that there is no proof that he was anything more than a victim. Tell that to the newspaper. Sorry, what? Did you say something? I, I couldn't quite make it out. Face it, Charlie. Your father was never the same since the war. He, he had a tough time of it, I'll admit that, but he did what he could since he came back from the rebellion. Yes, and then we had to go all the way down to Quincy to get work. And then he left his wife a widow and his children fatherless. I seem to have made it through okay. This purchase is not compelling evidence of that. Alma thinks of something. 
How much, Charlie? How much? How much did you pay for this place? What, you know, I got, I got a very good deal. How much? Less than half, way less than half of what he's selling the other lots for. And this, this is nearly two acres. How much? Two acres right on the lake. The, the sunset's just over that hill all summer long. Yes, two acres on a lake in the middle of nowhere. We're 10, mi 10 miles from the nearest town. Who's ever going to want to come out here and see that sunset, less, much less sleep in the reformed paint shed? How much? You, you know, before long, ordinary people are going to have the, the, those motorized carriages and, and we'll be able to go in an hour as far as we can go in a day. How much? And, and surely you've read about those Wright brothers uh, uh, down in North Carolina last year. I, I, I swear, before, before we know it, people will be able to cross the country, maybe even the ocean, at speeds we can't imagine. How much? $50. $50. Oh, Charlotte, do we even have that much saved? You really have gone back on the glue, haven't you? I, I gave him $10, and he's letting me pay the rest over the next four years. You gone into debt for this place, Charlotte? What if something happens to you? What will become of the children and me if something happens to you and we're left with that kind of debt hanging over us? Nothing will happen to me. I'm sure that's what your father said too, probably while he was packing the powder. I am not my father. You're full of prunes if you think I am. You know things haven't been going so well at the haberdashery. How can you get us into debt when things are so precarious with the shop? Charlie ponders for a second. Listen, Alma, my love, I have to tell you something something about the shop oh dear is this some plum diddle i don't want to hear but i think it's good news but it might be kind of hard to hear but i think you'll understand here sit sit on this rock i do think i will remain standing i don't want to risk my sunday best by sitting on a rock i don't know how long it will be before i can have a new dress made what is it what's gone on with the shop well you know Robert Wellman has asked me numerous times to sell my business to him. Robert Wellman is a malicious man. I don't know what he has against you. Well, each time he asked, he's offered more and more. And well, I, I couldn't resist his latest offer. You've sold the haberdashery to Robert Wellman. But Charlie, he's your nemesis. He's been nothing but a pain. In the, oh, I, I hate to be vulgar, Charlie, but that's all I can think. He's a pain in the rear. Alma, language, please. Well, I do beg your pardon, but here I am on this lovely Sunday, just out of church, and my husband lets me know we're on the primrose path to Jericho. First, he squanders everything we have, and then some on this plum diddle plot of, of, of whatever this is in the middle of nowhere. And then, if that wasn't enough to send me for the vapors, then he tells me we are no longer part of the shopkeeping class. What are we now, Charlie? What are we now? I will give that to you, Alma. That is a lot to take in, but... All is not lost. Part of what made his latest offer so appealing is that he has guaranteed me a spot in his company. All I have to do is work for him. Oh, all you have to do is work for the man who has made our lives difficult since he came to town. Have you ever bashed, Charlie? That really gets my nanny. No, that really gets my nanny. But I'm guaranteed work. I'm guaranteed a living wage, enough that will provide for you and the kids. I'll, I'll be able to pay off the place in no time and, and we'll make great headway on the other debts. I really must pee. You've got me all of a doodah. Are there any trees left? I suppose if I could just find a short clump. It's not likely there's anyone around who might see or ever will be around for that matter. I wouldn't be so sure of that. What really bites my finger, Charlie, is that you don't seem to have a grasp on reality. The glue has gone to your head. 
You'll see Alma here. Let's get you back to town. And I don't mind if I never step foot in this plot again. The lights dim, leaving Alma in view. Charlie did die. And he did so before any of his dreams could come to pass. We went back into town and the reality of what he had done hit him hard. A year after starting work for Robert Wellman, the economy went into a dither and Wellman closed down the shop. Charlie tried to get his business back, but Wellman simply refused. I think he did so out of spite more than anything else. The year Charlie'd spent as a clerk robbed him of his vigor. The money we'd gotten for selling the haberdashery was all but gone, and soon he found he could not make payments to his uncle. Charlie did what he promised us he would never do. He shuffled from this mortal coil, leaving behind the legacy of that cursed place. Fortunately, a certain feminine guile freed us from the debt to his uncle. He took the property back and left the beginnings of what the lake house became in place. When Uncle Desmond died, he left it to my son. Thank you for listening to The Curse of the Lake House, Scene 2, The Start of the Curse. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.